I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 246. Man, sometimes I really hate the way I say my name. Did you hear? It was like, Carrie, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> could I be more nasally? Gross. <laughs> Why is this my name? <laughs> You know what, though? I do hate having to write your name because it's never cute to me. Oh, no. It's definitely not. <laughs> Especially in cursive. Like, ours are very hard in cursive. Yes. Unless you can do calligraphy and then they're beautiful. Yeah, but no, I can't do that. I, I can barely that. write print. Okay, jumping right in. A visit from my late father or brother, question mark, question mark. Hey, Donna and Carrie, I recently wrote in last week about my little niece who is sensitive to the paranormal and has a close spiritual connection with my late father. I decided to write in again and tell you about my personal paranormal experience I had last Christmas, possibly involving him. And for those of you keeping track, I'm writing this on September 27th, 2023. So last Christmas, my mom let me use one of our rental cabins for my husband and I to use while we were visiting over the holidays in our small hometown in Virginia. My husband was still in our home in Scotland, and he would be flying to Virginia to join me. The cabin had been empty at this point, so I was there finishing up the final touches to make sure we were happy and comfortable for a cozy Christmas in our cabin in the woods. As I'm peacefully putting the plates and bowls into the kitchen cabinets, I turn around and the fan is spinning completely on its own and then stops. Note, the cabin hadn't been occupied for a while, so electricity was turned off and I hadn't turned it back on yet. So it's not like there was some kind of electrical glitch. There were no doors or windows open, so I just stopped for a second in confusion. I tried jumping up and down and waving my arms like an idiot to see if I had possibly made it start spinning by any of my movements somehow. Not like that would do anything anyway. The fan didn't budge. What the hell? I knew it must have been a spirit. I thought it may have been my late father or my late brother who had both sadly passed away on the property years back and were saying hello. Later that day, I picked up my husband from the airport. As we were driving in the car, I started to tell him about how the fan in the cabin started magically moving on its own, and that I think it may have been my father or brother saying hi. Right as I said this to him, the lights inside the car immediately turn on all on their own. My husband and I stare at each other in disbelief. The timing of this was crazy, and the car is very new and has never had any issues with the lighting, and never has after this incident. We took this light as confirmation of what had happened in the cabin had in fact been one of them. We tried communicating with the light, saying blink once for dad, twice for my brother. It didn't seem to work, so we guessed whoever it was must be new to using their powers. The night after we arrived at the cabin, with the electricity now on and ready to move in, after we get settled, we start talking about the strange occurrence that happened with the fan and also in the car. Just as we start talking about it, the light in the living room started to flicker. My husband then starts moving things off from the couch and jokingly asks them to sit down and join us. I guess whoever was communicating with us wanted to say hi to us both and wish us a Merry Christmas. Okay, so who passed away most recently? Because that would probably be who didn't have all their powers to show you. You and that ghost theory. Look, Patrick Swayze changed my life. (laughs) It's got to be real. (laughs) That's really cool, though. Yeah. Also, can I come to that cabin in the woods for Christmas? Right. Or just, you know, anytime that it's cold <laughs> and snowing and we can cozy up. Uh, yeah, you have to cozy up because it's so fucking cold. Mm-mm, I would love it. <laughs> but I really am so glad that they visited you. That, that's just comforting. Okay, the next one. Another message from Roland Doe's granddaughter. I can't say enough how much I love hearing the stories, both the ones you lovely share. And of course, us listeners. Okay, so here we go again. I know y'all are going to say, nah, no way. 
But yes, I did. And yes, we did. I was 17, living with my adoptive parents, and got for Christmas that year a Ouija board. Now, not knowing how to actually use it, I asked my mom to show me how it works. Don't ask me, but I had a feeling that my whole damn family, they were just sensitive. One afternoon, like around noon, but probably closer to 2 p.m. since I know we had just finished watching Days of Our Lives, probably when Stefano possessed Marlena, but I digress. My mom and I sat on her bed, both with our fingers on the planchette, asking random questions. I do recall asking the board if there were spirits in the house and it said yes, and I wasn't spooked at that time. Fast forward a few weeks and my brother and I decided to whip out the board again. This time it was late into the night. I lit a candle and had the lamp on. We used the planchette and this time the room felt different. I only ask silly questions this time, but because the room felt different, the candle flickered crazily and my dogs were outside going crazy. As I look back, I'm glad I ended the session because as soon as I had, the air in the room immediately went back to normal and the dogs quit barking almost instantly. Yeah, that was the last time I ever used the board. In 2008, I was in the Air Force Reserves and was deployed to my home base for a year, which for most is a great thing, but I was honestly wanting a change in my life and longed for a deployment overseas. Since I needed to be close to the base for alerts, I rented a one-bedroom house near the base. I love this house, but could feel there was some additional energies there. The basement, which only had the laundry space in it, oh, and a big-ass pile of dirt in one corner. I still have not a damn clue about that. But at night, I heard the sounds of what I thought were animals, so I bought those sound thingies to keep them at bay. Side note, they didn't work. Now to the story. One night, I fell asleep watching ghost shows. This was the norm for me, but this night, it was weird. I fell asleep and was abruptly awoken by something shaking me and shouting, breathe. Y'all, I still don't know what it was, but the TV went back on and I sat up for at least 30 minutes until I dozed back off. My only guess is I stopped breathing in my sleep and whatever was in that house was protective and did what they could to get me to move. After this event, I brought my two black cats to stay with me. They would stare off into corners, but I never really felt scared. But in the shower, I always felt like I was being watched. Guess I had a pervert of a spirit that at least watched after me. Growing up, I was allowed to spend summers with my godparents in their house in the Morell's Inlet in South Carolina. As the oldest child, I was stoked because it was just me. And it wasn't until seven years later my siblings were allowed down. They had a rule that you had to be nine to come. Well, my love for the paranormal began at a very young age. And some of my favorite stories began from reading about the ghost of South Carolina. One of my favorites is the legend of Alice Flagg. Her story is one of love, loss, and dickhead brothers. There's been differing details on her burial. And while she didn't die from a broken heart, legend says she's still searching for her lost ring and love. When I was a teenager, we went to the cemetery where it's believed that Alice is buried, the All Saints Church in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. Legend has it, if a female walks around her headstone 13 times, you will feel a tug on any ring you may be wearing since Alice is still trying to find her missing ring. So of course, my 11-year-old self needed to check this out. I had a really cheap ring smooshed onto my finger like I couldn't move it or take it off. I figured if the legend was true, it'd be a good test. I commenced to walking around the stone and I swear I felt my ring move. Was it my imagination? Who knows, but I will swear it happened until I die. 
I want to take my teenage daughter there for her to try it out. And the cemetery area is beautiful and Southern and old. So it piques my photog interest and I hope to make it there again since we now live about 20 minutes away. I'm still trying to find out more about my grandfather, Roland Doe. My dad just calls him a lying asshole. And all the mediums I've spoken with have just told me he was a legit sensitive and all the things that happened really happened. Apparently, he's one of the people that passed my senses down, even if I claim it from my maternal grandmother. If I ever get anything worth sharing, I'll pass it along. Now, trigger warning, overdose. In late February, I was awakened with a tightness in my chest and just feeling unwell. I brush it off and go to work. When about 3 p.m., I get a call from my aunt, whom I don't have any sort of relationship with, so I thought it was strange. She tells me that my biological mother is now dead. Now, for a bit of backstory, I haven't had a close relationship with my mother, as when I was growing up, she chose that living her best life was more important than taking care of her five girls. Then, as an adult, she only come to me when she needed money, same as my siblings, so I've left them all behind. Shockingly, I was devastated. I found myself crying for no reason at all. I spent the week after she passed trying to identify the cause. I heard many stories, but I wanted the truth. So I started reaching out to police departments and the medical examiner's office. It took six months for me to learn that she died of an accidental overdose. I had no idea that she was addicted to meth and she had ingested meth laced with fentanyl. A medium I spoke with told me that she wanted to apologize for not being the mother I needed, that she was trying her best with her trauma and she just didn't know how to take care of us. The kick with that is I had been listening to some childhood trauma books and had just begun to understand that she was just living the only way she knew and I was never able to tell her. I miss her, but I know she's with my grandmother and my sister and all of her ailments are no longer. The final thing is my precious puppy, but... I think I'll need to save that one for another time. It's not brutal or anything. I just have two emotionally heavy stories at the moment. So I'll write about our connection another time. Y'all, this email is from September 2023. So make sure you're sending them in because I believe the ones I'm listening to right now are from June 2023. Even though you had all those past issues with your mom, I totally understand the crying though because she's still your mom. When my dad's mom passed away, she was like, I didn't even call her a grandma. Like that, like I always call her my dad's mom. Like I never say like my paternal grandmother. No, it's always my dad's mom because she was not a grandmother to me. Even when she died, I found myself crying about it because even though she was terrible, she was still my grandmother and she, you know, she still was a part of my life. I guess I should say she wasn't a grandmother, but she was still a part of my life. And you also kind of mourn the fact that they'll never be what you wanted them to be because now they're gone, you know? Yeah. So I totally understand getting upset, but I'm so glad that you got some peace after she passed and kind of understanding her a little bit better and getting that communication from her. And I think that even though you didn't physically get to tell her, like I am learning that, you know, childhood drama and all of that, I think she knows. For sure. You know, and I think you know she knows because you do talk to mediums. You do have those, the sixth sense and all of that. So I think she definitely knows. Also, yes, please keep us updated about Roland Doe, everything you can find. I'm sure Carrie does not remember who the fuck that is. I recognize the name, but I couldn't be like, this is the story. That the exorcist was based off of. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I knew the name at least. (laughs) Also, 
walking around the headstone 13 times is a lot. Like, that's very specific. I'm used to, hey, you're having bad luck at the casino. Get up and walk around your chair three times. But 13 times? I ain't trying to get my steps today. Right? Well, and also I'm like, uh, the ring might feel loose because uh, you're, I would be, I would be, um. Losing weight? Well, <laughs> 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 that too. But I mean, I just think about like when people go around and around with like the bat on their forehead and then they're like, Woo. Dizzy, yeah. Yeah, that's the word, dizzy. If I'm walking around a headstone 13 times. I know. Again, I would be dizzy because I don't walk that much. So, Meanwhile, it's literally 13. It's like 13 steps. Like we're being so dramatic. Like, well, would you walk on top of it? Her grave? You'd have to. I thought like it would be like all the length of it. So like think of a long john. Yeah. Walk in no. Oh. See, I was just picturing around the actual headstone. So yeah. you're saying like around her whole grave site. Yeah. I think it's just the headstone. But See, I this wanna... is why we can't do these things because <laughs> we think of things differently and we would stand there at that fucking grave for 10 minutes arguing about, excuse me, arguing about which fucking part to walk around. And I'm like, no, it says headstone. You're like, yeah, but you can't walk on the grave. So you gotta go. I'm like, but it says headstone. <laughs> yes. Okay, the next one. Running with the skinwalker. <gasps> Hi, first time writing in and I got you. I've got stories on stories. I live in Ohio where all the fun things are and I've been sensitive my entire life and weird shit just happens, my ladies. But I have to tell y'all why I decided to slide into your DMs finally or email, but I like the reference instead. I'm training for a marathon, so I run while listening to your podcast. I like to be distracted while inflicting unnecessary pain on myself. I digress. One day I was on a longer run than usual and I'm listening to you talk about your stories and amazing things and I'm good. I'm content. I also run with the volume on low and a weapon because I listen to your podcast so I need to be prepared for the murder on the trail. So I'm running on this trail and I see a dog and a man walk into the trail in the distance. Mind you, I'm blind but where are my glasses? I see them moving and no distinction, but nothing unusual. A couple of minutes later, I see that they haven't moved further or closer. And now the dog is a person? Question mark. But again, I'm blind, so maybe I was wrong. It was weird, but I kept going because I thought that it was just me being cautious because I'm literally listening to paranormal true crime podcasts like a sane person. Well, shit got weirdly quiet. Like, I can't explain it, but it felt like the world stopped around me and nothing was moving. And I finally paused the damn podcast because I needed to pay attention to whatever the fuck was happening and not laugh at the Tinder stories anymore. It was then that I saw this man and quote dog standing in the middle of the damn trail. And now they're seven to eight feet tall and giving off big fuck no energy. Then two blood red cardinals literally flew directly at me, chirping out of nowhere. I took that as my sign to nope the fuck out of there and literally ran a mile and a half home at record speed, fueled by fear farts and adrenaline. I finally googled what the hell happened and I've come to the conclusion that it was just two skinwalkers on the trail. Cool. So I decided to go out again today, two weeks later, thinking, eh, I've ran this trail hundreds of times over the years. No bad issues before. It was the one-off. Nope. Had an asthma attack literally 20 feet into the trail, and the bad feels the whole way home. I run with my inhaler, so we're good. Safe to say, you both are still my favorite running buddies, but I will not be running there anymore. Creep it real, Chrissy. P.S. Love your podcast. It's helped my mental health so much, and you make my entire days with your laugh. I can't wait to share more stories. 
when you said that the trail went quiet. Uh-huh. I was like, ooh, that's a sign. That's bad. Mm-hmm. And then the Cardinals, I feel like, are people that have passed in your life coming mm-hmm. up to be like, trip, trip, run the fuck away. Right. You in danger, girl. That story was scary. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, the running part, who terrifying. I mean, you heard us about the fucking headstone. We don't even <laughs> want to walk 13 times around a goddamn headstone. Remember when I wasn't lazy and I used to run? Uh-huh. And by run, I mean jog. And by that, I mean I was a fucking turtle stuck in molasses. <laughs> but I tried. You did it. I don't anymore. I run my mouth. I literally told Carrie the other night, the only cardio I do is in my sleep because I toss and I turn. All right, the next one. A local crime story. If you see something, say something. Hello, lovelies. I hope you are all doing well. My name is Susie and you can use it. I know everyone starts off with compliments for you and the podcast, but they are very much deserved. I really look forward to hearing your laughter every week. I don't think I've ever actually LOL'd to a podcast before, but often I can't stop giggling when you two are cracking up. Seriously, though, I really appreciate the amount of research you must do to bring us each episode. For the folks at home, this is September 30th, 2023. I just listened to Carrie guilt me into finally sending this in. My story is an account of a true crime event that I witnessed that turned out to be a very different crime than I thought. Many years ago, my husband, daughter, and I were returning from spending Thanksgiving with his family like we do every year. It's a two-hour drive, and we were almost home. Just had to get across the city to our next exit for our quaint little suburb. It's evening and already dark because that's November for you. I noticed a car moving erratically on the highway, swerving and weaving, almost running off the road. Great, an impaired driver is going to cause a horrible accident. It looked as if though two people were fighting in the car. Now, I know people are reluctant to report something suspicious, not wanting to cause unnecessary trouble, but this was obviously something serious. We hung back to keep an eye on them. Hubby was driving, so I dialed 911. I was connected to the highway patrol and described what I was seeing. Right then, we were approaching our exit, and that crazy driver took the same exit. That caused me to be redirected to the local police department, which caused a bit of delay, and the dangerous driver continued into our small town while we had to turn off. The local cops said they'd see if they could spot them on the main drag. I did get the license plate number. And that was that. We hung up, went home, tired after the long day with the in-laws. The next day, I got a call from the local officer who took the call the night before. He wanted to let me know that they did stop the car in their jurisdiction, and what they found shocked me. The driver was not all that impaired, but had some warrants. He was toting along some restricted substances, a weapon, and a female juvenile who was not supposed to be there. I don't know if she was trying to get away or if they were having some kind of disagreement that caused his erratic driving to get my attention, but I'm sure glad I called it in. So, folks, if you see something that looks hinky, it's better to tell someone and risk a little embarrassment than to let a wanted criminal kidnap a girl. That's the story of my Thanksgiving brush with a really bad dude. Someday, I'll send in the tale of two young mothers' encounter with a home invader and how we ran them off. Creep it real and don't get scared. Unless it's spooky season, then get a little scared. Susie in Ohio.
I love that all of these are from your guilt trip. I mean, it worked. Good, because it's January and we're in reading September stuff. So keep them coming. Yes, we could still literally run out. But I definitely am glad you said something. That poor girl, hopefully she was fighting him the fuck off. And that's why they were driving Rannick. And she's safe and sound. Yeah, I'm so glad that you did call 911. Also, very nice of that police officer to follow up. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Hi, guys. I'm Samara M. from Texas. Oh, I, I pronounced it right. They sent me the phonetics and I said it right. <laughs> Yay. Please feel free to use my actual name. I love you guys and your podcast. I listen while I'm at work or when I'm at home. I've been a little hesitant to share this story because I don't really know what to make of it. But here we go. A little backstory first. My grandma recently passed away June 7th, 2023, just two weeks before my birthday, June 21st. My grandma has had health issues from as long as I could remember. She first had lupus a few years back, which she beat. Then she was diagnosed with breast cancer, which she also beat. But the breast cancer ended up coming back and was found in her brain, bones, and her lung. So basically, we already knew that she was going to pass away, but I didn't really get to see my grandma that much at the final years of her life. But we would always call and FaceTime. She lived in Chicago and I lived in Texas. The last time we talked was a few days before her passing, and I got to say that I loved her, which brought me some peace and closure. But let's jump into the story. A few days after my grandmother passed, I was pretty upset and crying my eyes out. I was looking through my phone and saw some FaceTime photos that I took of her over two years ago. And in the FaceTime photos, it was her blowing me a kiss and saying goodbye. I don't remember taking those at all, but I brushed it off and thought it was just another memory that I'll have of her forever. After that, I went to sleep. From what I can remember in my dream, my grandmother was in her backyard, but her backyard was surrounded by flowers and it looked like it was on a hill. She was inviting me to come closer to her. I got close to her, but stopped when we were arm's length within each other. She told me how she didn't feel pain anymore and that she was happy. She also told me that I shouldn't be sad because she's still with me. After she said that, she walked away and I was trying to follow her. It was like she was speed walking and I couldn't catch up to her. I woke up after I couldn't catch up to her and I was like, what the fuck? I genuinely thought I was losing my mind and I haven't told anyone about this. Here's another story, but way shorter. I was at work listening to your podcast. I don't remember which episode I was listening to, but a woman was talking about her grandmother passed away from cancer too. I was zoned out while listening and all of a sudden I started smelling my grandmother's perfume. Mind you, at this time, most of my male co-workers were there and there wasn't a woman in sight. I teared up when I realized that it was my grandmother telling me that she was with me at that very moment. I haven't had any other encounters with my grandmother now that she's passed, but sometimes I wish I did. I miss you, Grandma Gigi, and you'll forever be alive in my heart. Thank you, Donna and Carrie. I appreciate you guys for keeping me entertained at work and home. Creep it real and don't get scared. Well, maybe get scared. Well, Gigi sounds amazing. That dream's hard, though, because it's like, while you got to hear her say, like, hey, I'm good, I'm not hurting, love you, miss you kind of thing, but then it's like you couldn't catch her, that's hard. Yeah. But she came back to you to be like, look, I'm good. I'm with you. It's okay. But I think she was going faster because you couldn't go with her. Like, she was just coming to say, like, hey, I'm okay, but you had to stay where you are. You couldn't go with her. Yeah. Is that all I can say? But, like, you're making good points. I usually do. Okay. (laughs) Okay, last one. Hi, ladies. Victoria here. I'm a new listener and love listening to your podcast on my way to work and on my way home. And I make my boyfriend listen sometimes too, even though he doesn't believe in anything paranormal or whatever. He's a loser. LOL. That's what they said, not me, but agree. 
Just kidding. So anyway, I have two different stories of paranormal incidents with my best friend when we went to these ghost hunts through Ghost Hunts USA. Warning, these might be long since I love this shit. Okay, first one, my best friend Kyle and I, she's a girl just for reference, went on a ghost hunt to the Rolling Hills Asylum in East Bethany, New York. We're from the wonderful, gloomy Syracuse. Rolling Hills used to be a poor house. Anyway, we arrived to this ghost hunt and there were about 40 other people there, all of us super excited for some ghostly activity. My friend and I even brought flashlights with a UV blacklight option because we were hoping to see some gross stuff that we actually didn't see. So my friend and I are in our group and then the groups get rotated around to the other host. So as we are in what they call the shadow hallway, the host of the group asks, does anyone want to volunteer to sit in the wheelchair at the end of the hall? Immediately, my friend's hand went up and she got to sit in the wheelchair, which was right by an old hospital-like room. As the rest of us are far down the hallway, we see her sitting there and the host starts asking if she's okay and then continues with us trying to make contact with spirits in the shadow hallway. As he is setting up a light up tripwire kind of thing, Kyle yells, is there someone behind me or is anyone talking in the stairway? We all immediately said, no, nobody is around you. She started to get spooked, but she stayed put. She said she could hear people whispering together and she heard laughing and kept asking if anyone in the group was messing with her or if it was someone in the stairway. Again, we said, no, nobody is around you. The whole vibe of this hallway was creepy as fuck. And people kept saying that they kept seeing a head or a boy named Jack looking out the little window in the door separating the hallway from the other room. After we went through all the groups, we were then able to free roam for about two to three hours. This ghost hunt went on from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m., by the way. So after exploring around a bit and not having that much activity, we finally got to a hallway where the screaming lady is supposed to be. We didn't see or hear her, but when we entered this one room with what looked like an old medical surgical table, and the room I believe was titled Cecil's Room, So when we got there, we just kept hearing banging on the walls and we would ask questions and say, hit the wall twice for yes and once for no. And the spirits would answer like that. At one point, it was me, my best friend, these two guys, and a group of like three others with us. My friend was asking Cecil a question when all of a sudden she heard footsteps sprinting toward her. She screamed and ran out of the room and was so freaked out. We then proceeded to ask if that was Cecil that did that and he hit the wall twice for yes. So after the night was over, we left the building asking the spirits to not follow us. Okay, that one was way longer than expected, but here is story two, which is much shorter. My friend Kyle and I again went to a different place through Ghost Hunts USA called Mid-Orange Reformatory in Warwick, New York. Ooh. (laughs) You know me too well, Carrie. (laughs) This place used to be a correctional facility, and before that, I think it was a school for boys. Anyway, at one point, we were in one of the cottages where the boys used to sleep and where an inmate supposedly killed another. When a group of us were standing there trying to speak to the spirits through the spirit box and other things, we all of a sudden heard a really loud beeping noise. This girl in our group was diabetic and no one knew, of course, because we're all strangers, but her meter went off and was beeping, telling her that her blood sugar was low. She was super shocked that it was low considering we were all provided snacks and drinks and she had checked it right before we went into the building. We were all confused as to why her blood sugar dropped and I remember this funny moment when our tour guide got so mad at the spirit and literally said, that's not okay and totally disrespectful. We're in here respecting you and you do this to someone? 
Anyway, those are my two stories. Sorry this was so long. I love your podcast and you ladies love Victoria. You know what? I didn't even think about this, but you know, like, has a ghost ever messed with like a pacemaker? Well, if they're a dickhead ghost like that one, they have. Right. But I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, they zap electronics and shit, you know? So it's like, oh, fuck. Did the blood sugar actually drop or were they just fucking with the machine? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but that would have scared me shitless. I told you about the time uh, when I was in grad school and we were in the cadaver lab and our cadaver had a pacemaker and the battery was dying. No. And it beeped. Oh my God. (laughs) Nope. Get me out of there. (laughs) And that is when I would have left grad school. Not for me. (laughs) Not for me. But also, is your friend a personal pan pizza? Because there ain't no way I'm volunteering to sit in a wheelchair because I don't know the size. Swear to God, I was thinking things that people of like an average size don't have to think of. Because uh-huh. I would be like, ooh, probably can't fit. Especially if it's an old timey wheelchair. Right? People just were smaller back then. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. like, mm, that's probably 16 inches and I need at least 18 to squeeze my ass into. Right? More like a 20, but like I could make an 18 work. Exactly. Just like my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine me sitting there and you know like when you're like busting like a busted can of biscuits and you're like things. I'm just thinking like the metal pressing against the wheel and I'm like moving and I'm like, I'm not moving guys, but I'm moving. And it's like, it's just my fat. And then like you have like rug burn on your (laughs) your leg from the wheel. Something touched me. (laughs) Ma'am, it's your body working against you. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. They were great. Keep them coming. Y'all, my butthole is still clenched about the number of episodes. So uh, keep them coming. Yes, please, please, please. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.